me. Well, it's not even morning anymore. It's just pretty much afternoon. So if you're still fooling me by this point, you might need to go see a doctor, my friend. Garrett. <laughs> was that the intro? That's the intro. <laughs> I was like, where are you going? I think, I think school nurse is the correct term. But let's school go. School nurse. Oh yeah, for where we are, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So we're in the wonderful world of high school, as portrayed by 27-year-old men. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how old was John Hurd when Napoleon Dynamite came out. Uh, he let's see, John Heater. Yeah, John oh, was is a Heater or Hurd? John Heater, John Heater. Yeah, he was born in 1977. Oh, this came out in 2004, idiot. or so I guess probably 2003, 2002, or something. So he was probably 20. Yeah, 20, 26, 27. <sighs> Knew it. Hit the nail on the head. So the only question I have to lead into this is which movie. Created more annoying <laughs> quotes. This or Borat? Uh, just over, over quoted at parties. People who just come up and they're really nervous. So quotable. It's such a quotable movie. So I actually, I actually have a timeline on this. During high school, uh, I remember in high school Spanish, I had everybody just saying, "God," flipping and asking for my tots, and always uh, calling me Tina. As soon as I got to college, my college roommate uh, Shaheen Barian, uh, mm-hmm. shout out, buddy. Uh, he loves Borat, and to this day, I've known him for about nine years now, and to this day, he quotes Borat daily. So I've I've had a I've had <laughs> a hard. Uh, to be fair, he he's a stopped. he's a movie quote kind of guy. Like he's, yeah. he he doesn't only quote Borat; he quotes a lot of movies, right? Like I, th- I think Borat's it's it, Borat is number one by far. Star Wars is close to, and then it's basically everything else. The Room, but, I think the, the Room is up the, there. The Room's up there, but those no. two are yeah, pretty far away. So, anyways, everybody, <laughs> welcome to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast that takes a look at the worst of the worst when it comes to board games. I am your first host and one of the co-creators of Rough Draft Games, Thomas Schungerberg, and with me as always is... Hi, I'm Garrett Lively. And Jeff Lee, the tots in my pocket are getting kind of cold. We're really going to have to start thinking about rebranding this podcast because we are <laughs> not looking at rolling or moving. Instead, we're looking at, a, I don't know, would you say this is sort of a Pictionary game? This What's this know, game called? Dude, we're drawing and moving. Yeah. So what what's the official title of this game? Because it's not just like Napoleon Dynamite, the board game. What is it? It's Napoleon Dynamite. It's pretty much my favorite animal. with i hope that's written in a different font to justify the tone drop some quotes direct from napoleon himself (sighs) so an entire board game made off a single scene that was maybe like less than a minute in this indie movie yeah there's a market for that yeah man (laughs) yeah yeah dude it was had like 45 seconds of screen time you know that stupid drawing of the the liger Let's do it. Give it its own board game. It's a lion and a tiger combined. Anyways, I'm clearly not a fan of this movie, but um, I can give you guys a little bit of background information on who is a fan of this game. Specifically, we're going to talk about the publisher, which is Pressman Games. So Pressman Games has actually been around for a really, really long time. Uh, I think it was founded in 1922, and their first big game that they got, (laughs) they purchased the rights to a little-known game at the time called, excuse me, Jeff, Hopching Checkers, but they rebranded it to Chinese Checkers. (laughs) I don't know why they didn't go with that first name. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's not a... Hop Ching Checkers. No problem with that at all. (laughs) 
Hey, at least we can tell from their their repertoire that, that they're not they're not afraid to evolve. I mean, they went from Chinese checkers to making a Napoleon cult classic my Pictionary game, basically based on right. a single scene in a cult classic. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was funny is as I was going through their website for for Pressman, is there's a lot of I think I have a couple of the games at home that they publish because they publish some really basic versions, like really cheap versions of chess and checkers, where it's just like you got the board and then like really really lightweight plastic pieces that are it's it's bare bones for Mm -hmm. those really old games that you don't really have to have a license in order to print and i had a couple of those and i think like they each costed maybe like eight dollars um at the time we got them and um yeah it was it was like perfectly serviceable but it wasn't like anything you know they got like the crystal versions of chess that you can get like some nice wooden sets and oh yeah chess sets can get really expensive where, where, yeah, do, where does it rank on the scale of like rose art to like say Avalon dude Hill? it's really close to a rose art but it doesn't fall <laughs> apart in your hands right that, okay. I, I mean i think i still just, have just some a, of those board games above. and like it's nothing special but it doesn't it's it's not defective but anyways so pressman's been making games for a really long time they stepped into they were the first to actually step into licensing they were one of the first companies to work with disney when snow white and oh, the seven dwarfs came out they continued to work with disney with the Mickey Mouse Club and other properties that they per- continue to publish until eventually, I think Disney went over to Hasbro. That they've but they've made games with like Scooby Doo and and Jeopardy and Deal and No Deal. So a lot of the game show properties are turned into board games by Pressman. But they also have, uh, I think, one of the most unique and more memorable things that they've recently done is: Do you guys know the Oregon Trail card game that was recently published? I do not. I haven't personally played it, no. My brothers actually played it. I think Steven, as a joke, got Matthew. Those are <laughs> my two brothers. Hi, guys. Um, got Matthew, as a joke, the expansion pack or the second edition of the game for Matthew for his birthday. Because Matthew hates the first Oregon Trail game because you just die of dysentery very, very quickly. I think that, that game is rated pretty poorly on uh, Board Game Geek, and Matthew would agree. But it was uh, it was a hit. There's a lot of people who bought the game specifically because they recognized Oregon Trail, feelings of nostalgia, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a hit. So, I mean, Pressman's been doing this for a long time. They know what they're doing. So when we're uh, when we're examining, you know, what we got in front of us today, this is uh, this is brought to you by by the masters of the craft, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I don't exactly think that their concepts are too unique. Um, but well, no. as far as what yeah. it's based off of. Garrett, you're the resident king, the sultan of Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> what bro. do we have to know about this about this movie to know and appreciate this game? Well, so they, the, I'll give them kudos. They they jumped on this pretty quick. They didn't wait for the popularity to, to, to die down. And in fact, they probably got mm-hmm. in there before a lot of the popularity was at its peak. But they so they this came out in 2005. Napoleon Dynamite originally came out in 2004. Um, I was a huge fan of Napoleon Dynamite when it originally came out, and I, you know, I had that hipster status where I saw it like in an indie theater, like right after it uh, came out. You grew out. a mustache at fourteen, and right. how did you hear about the game? How, or not? Not the me. game, the movie. Yeah, yeah. How did you hear about the movie when it came out? Because like, if you're usually high schoolers, don't go see an independent film. And uh, in two thousand four, right when there's like no, like it's harder for cult movies to kind of spread like wildfire. Yeah. So yeah, so there's uh, I was vis- I remember this very specifically. I was visiting my grandparents in Dallas and my buddy uh, Jeremy Smith was visiting he was in town with me and there's this indie movie theater and uh, he told me he had heard about it he he was 
he he was a little more in tune with the indie market at that time so he told me about it i went and saw it um i I dragged my poor grandparents to it and they were bored out of their minds um and they're huge you know they're huge movie buffs and they were like falling asleep during it and they were extremely disappointed in me and how much i enjoyed the movie everything Uh, went right over (laughs) right over their heads like what is this so anyways i was a huge fan you know before it was cool you know and uh so um this is quite the anomaly in, in the movie world um i think their budget was like something like four hundred thousand, and it was sub five hundred thousand. john heater only got paid a thousand dollars for his initial role i think he renegotiated that and got some of the royalties but originally he was just like um his contract was for a thousand dollars um yeah and this ended up grossing over 46 million dollars uh so this is was a huge huge financial success i mean they filmed it in like idaho and you know it's it's super low tech and it's right know, it's awesome uh john heater actually did the drawings in the movie uh except for the unicorn i believe so you know fun fact he uh he would have been great at this game that that we're about to explain yeah. to you guys in great and, detail and that's what the entire game is about is drawn <laughs> like mm-hmm. as we were saying earlier mm-hmm. this is all about a two-second scene in the movie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. They tried to capitalize a few times on the success of the movie. Uh, they licensed out a video game, which was basically just a series of mini games. It wasn't wildly popular, but that came out in 2007. So, pretty late. This bo- yeah, this board game definitely really capitalized. You know, I think they came out at a good time, you know, there in 2000, 2005, right? right? Then Fox, who, who owns rights to this movie, decided to come out with an animated series in 2010. Okay. So, oh my God. yeah. So they had an anime. Yeah. So they, they, they put into production this animated series. Um, it doesn't actually start. It doesn't make its way to the to the airwaves until 2012, and they get <laughs> oh my god, they get six episodes in and they cancel it. Okay. Oh wow! <laughs> Who would have thought? I'm, I'm impressed with six episodes. God. Yeah, but they got they got together the entire cast. They brought them all back. They're you know they're super. They, and Fox starts bragging about the ratings, the Nielsen ratings after they canceled it. You know they're saying they had a great great share of the market. Uh, so, <laughs> so so we can't share the market. <laughs> so we canceled it. Yeah. Um, and they they didn't release the DVD series uh, of this until 2014. So I think it's really funny. They come up with the concept 2010. Doesn't is get released. It a series of DVDs, or is it just? It's just the six. They didn't episodes. release the DVD. The DVD, right? Episodes. Yeah, right. <laughs> the DVD of the series <laughs> until 2014. So I think that's hilarious. Uh, Fox got sued by the the producers of the movie because they underreported their royalty earnings. I believe. Oh man, that's and, a big deal. Yeah, and there's even yeah. there was even I remember there was even controversy with Elvis Costello, who apparently coined the name napoleon dynamite as like an alter ego way back in the day and (laughs) and jared has like refuses to admit that he got it from elvis costello he says he got it from somebody in the church of latter-day saints so uh i believe elvis elvis (laughs) Elvis costello is not a huge fan because they refuse to admit that they they got the name napoleon dynamite for good reason because they'd be paying him out the butt for it but so anyways uh it was wildly successful as far as the cult classic goes, and to this day, people still quote, you know, Tina, you fat lord, come get your dinner. That was such a cringy. I mean, it was it was peak time for us, right? Because I think we were probably freshmen in high school, and oh yeah, it was like mm-hmm. peak. This, angst. this was like the start of the yeah. angst and hipster and, it, and it just stuff. aligned really well. I, I'm curious to know, like, for those that were. Uh, maybe at like maybe seniors in high school, maybe in college, if they found the movie to still be enjoyable. And like you said, Garrett, like for your, your grandparents saw it and it was a completely 
big demographic miss for them. They're like, mm-hmm. what the hell am I watching? Right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wonder, I wonder how much, um, you know, age and, and perspective factored into what the movie was. You still see those, as. you still see those vote for Pedro shirts all the time and yeah. like, with different candidates, even, even to today. So yeah. it, it certainly has had its, its stay in the, in the <clears throat> cultural spotlight. Yeah. I don't think it's going anywhere as far as the mark that it left. I just remember like there was this and the format and it just brings back a lot of high school memories as far as like the (laughs) the specific circle of people in our school that were all about this movie and then all about like, you know, independent ukulele music. Uh, (laughs) And of course, I had to pretend to be into it because I desperately want girls to talk to me. uh, I just want to be accepted here. (laughs) Hey, everybody. I'm the star Uh, of the movie. I'm Napoleon Dynamite. Wait. Uh, So yeah, getting back to the the industry. So uh, stepping aside from Napoleon Dynamite in 2005, we had games like Kalos coming out, Shadows of a over Camelot, Arkham Horror. So we're we're well into the post Settlers of Catan era, and basically Pressman decides to make a Pictionary knockoff, and it does great. Actually, I don't have the sales numbers in front of me. I wish <laughs> I knew how well it did. Uh, you know how many people w- went out and bought mm-hmm. it. Maybe What's they the... wanted to keep the game indie, just like the movie. They wanted, <laughs> they wanted to keep it pretty underground because otherwise, if you spread it too fast and it's not not that cool anymore, you know, man. Yeah, man. That's true. You you only make forty million dollars, and that's like not cool. <laughs> that's, that's like not cool, dude. Speaking of, if this is a Pictionary knockoff, Jeff, uh, what do we see when we open the box? Like, how how exactly does this game work? Do we have any differentiation? Yeah. So the the big thing is, um, instead of a roll mechanic, we have a Pictionary s like draw something. And have people guess mechanic and that that dictates how many spaces you move so there is a game board um you start at the couch and you end up at the liger drawing it's completely out there if you've never seen the movie um, <laughs> and what are you moving on you, what, what are those things uh they're the spaces are actually tater tots so again another another wow. little quote <laughs> there from uh give your tots um it's a wink yeah <laughs> it's the worst it is it's so, so bad the, yeah and then some of some of the spaces are special spaces so um they might have you uh play the game a little differently so the way the game works each round each person takes a turn um they'll draw usually two cards two different animals and then you have to draw a combination of the two uh and you have a timer if people guess each animal individually uh they'll score a point so the drawer can get m- a maximum of two points normally and then each guess is a point itself. So if someone, if uh, two other people guess uh, each animal, then they each get a point. Each point just moves you forward. So you're just moving forward based on how many, how well you're guessing and how well you're drawing. How many tater tot space spaces? We got uh, I don't remember, like ten or something. It was really really short game, yeah. um, and it was really easy to move forward. We played it in maybe like twenty minutes. Um, it, it takes more time to draw than it does to actually, you know, play the rest of the game. Uh, and again, there are some special spaces. So and some of them are kind of thematic. Uh, so for example. Uh, for a vote for Pedro, um, you have to use your, you know, your left hand because your other hand you're using to vote. Uh, so you have to draw with your, off, well, you have to draw with your off hand. And Garrett's Stretch. loving it. I can hear him just chuckling right now. That is such a shoehorn. That is like they're <laughs> stretching so far. They're like, hey, what's a what's a meme from the uh, from the movie? Vote for Pedro. All right, uh, All right because neat. most people are right-handed let's say that you have to do it with your non-dominant hand uncle rico like, space had to you had to also add a football in there that'd be throwing a football <laughs> that one's my favorite you just hastily draw a football at the end to get credit you're like oh no i have to finish drawing this football yeah you don't get, <laughs> so you don't get any lazy. points if you don't draw football and then the last one is uh, the kip space you have to draw three animals and play that a little differently so it wasn't very complicated 
Um, you know, again, the only contingent thing is that instead of rolling a die, you, you have to be able to draw well enough for your, for your, you know, your, the other people in the game to be able to guess. So I actually think this is a big flaw in the game and that you can, you know, potentially I can see, for example, we got to the end of the game and Jeff was one space away from winning. So if he's drawing, I'm just not going to guess, right? Like, I'm just going to wait till Thomas draws and make sure that I, I get the guesses. Yeah. Because you could totally block somebody out from, uh, and it, it, I, Correct me if I'm wrong, but it did not address what happens uh, if two people get to the to the end at the same time, which is definitely possible. Because also, correct. It almost happened with me and Jack. Yeah, yeah, it almost happened, and we had no idea what we were going to do. We might have had to make an emergency house rule or something. So I guess this game didn't anticipate people playing it competitively because they certainly should have come across that. In their, yeah, their and we'll talk about it in the user reviews. I read somewhere um, something similar to that to that extent. Um, gotcha. I want to move on into the components. There's not that many components in the game. Um, there is uh, pencil and paper um, for you to obviously draw on. Um, we, because we're not in the same space, uh, mm-hmm. we use basically MS Paint um, to draw, which actually added to, <laughs> I, I think, added to the, uh, the experience of the game. Um, but we had a game board, a two-fold game board. is super small. Um, and then we had four game pieces, uh, and each game piece was Napoleon Dynamite. I kind of wish there were different characters, um, yeah. but it was four Napoleon Dynamites in, in different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Oh, and a sand timer. That's it. Super simple, um, really clear. Again, there's not much complexity to the game. Uh, my favorite part was a rule sheet. It was a single page. Um, yeah, and that, big and it fan was, of that. Uh, not big even a full, not even a normal, you know, eight by eleven sheet. It's probably about half that size. So that that's that gonna, was probably the best part. Sick. That's going to be an extra point later. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah. Uh, as far as artwork, it's have one point. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start in the negatives there? Um, <laughs> as far as the artwork, we have the tater tots as we have you know pictures of tater tots as the spaces, and then there's little clips and you know, sketches and drawings throughout the board um, for the board itself. And then we have, you know, still images of the different characters um, for the art. So uh, there wasn't anything really unique about about the artwork or, it, you know, didn't blow our mind thematically. Um, there was no execution that could have really been failed there, in my opinion. My my problem was is that the art wasn't necessarily tied into it. It's just a, it's like a take a shotgun and shoot the <laughs> entire plot of napoleon dynamite and whatever you hit goes in the games you got tater tots you got the liger you got kip because he's a character vote for pedro and it's just it's it's a it's a um what what do you call it when you clip out smorgasbord uh, yeah smorgasbord or a collage yeah of elements from the from the movie yeah um and like they could have they could have like just off the top of my head they could have said like if they really wanted to use the tater tots you make the plot of the game okay uh he's got a collect tater tots or something in order to uh feed his llama or something stupid like that (laughs) and that way you've at least justified some of the art assets that you're using but you know maybe i'm overthinking this because it's just dude it's it's a napoleon dynamite game and people want to see things that they (laughs) draw random stuff yeah so yeah usually theming when we're sort of grading games on theming we want to we want to see if it's a part of the game mechanic um we want to see if it affects um some choices that you make uh, and obviously some nice things, just like art is pretty easy. In this case, like Thomas said, they just kind of threw everything out there. Um, it didn't really affect the game mechanic, except it was, well, the only part was that you drew two animals together. That was the core game mechanic. But other than that, there wasn't really anything that affected how you played the game at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. those spaces could have been any pictures. Those special character cards could have been anything. I guess there's a little bit of theme with the special spaces you have to draw with the left hand, but yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty cheap cop-out. Yeah, so. I, I think they, they certainly stretched it when they made you draw a football. 
yeah. to get yeah. it right. <laughs> yeah. So as far as the social factor goes, I mean, you can pretty much play this with, uh, you know, it says between there's only four players that you can play this with. Um, yeah, there's four up to four players. Um, you could probably play it with as many players as you want, although it just takes forever. Um, yeah. And or, you know, some people would never get a chance to draw um, before the game ended, honestly, um, which I guess doesn't matter because every time someone's drawing. Uh, you have a chance to move spaces. I think the the player counts a little bit to its detriment. I think maybe if you made this a party game or a team game, you could have more fun with it where if you follow the rules of Pictionary and have entire teams guessing, but you still have the the two animal mechanic, I think that would have helped it out a lot. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and as far as social factor, I think maybe... um, At the time, it would probably be a little bit more funny because the quotes and the stuff would be kind of like... You know, obviously they're gimmicky, but you, you think that they're a little bit more amusing. Now the quotes <laughs> just kind of fall really flat, um, and, and some of the things that the game fall really flat. And it basically, it's just a Pictionary game where you specifically draw two different nouns together. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. And um, the fact that they just made a manimal has just made it, quote, a Napoleon Dynamite game. Uh, but it's a really, really cheap reskin, in my opinion. There are other games like the Lord of the Rings game where you play through the plot, or it's a recreation of the movie itself. But yeah, this one is just, you take elements and then you... You run away, and then that's the, you, you got yourself a game, and yep. that's what that's what Pressman did. Um, okay, uh, is there anything that could make the game more fun? I mean, it is what it is in regards to just a Pictionary reskin, as you said, Jeff. I think um, so. I think they it kind of fell flat where they had these special tiles where the, for that round only there'd be a small rule variant. I don't think there's enough, mm-hmm. and we we ended up avoiding them pretty easily because. Um, You'd only really do that if you started on that tile on your turn, uh, and it was really mm-hmm. easy to guess on other players' turns, so you'd end up moving through tiles pretty quickly. So I think if every tile um, had something a little different, it might have expanded the rule book, but also mm-hmm. might have made it more fun. Um, or maybe you make every tile where or you have a, 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 a rule variant where the entire time you're drawing with your left hand. So certain things that could have made the game a little bit more um, enjoyable other than just sketching um, could have made it a, a little bit better. But because the rules are so kind of structured and boxed in um there wasn't much room for variant and i think that there it's really hard to make a game more fun when you really can't change that much about it to begin with i think they should have had a nice little deck of cards they call it the kip deck and it's it's just kip taking one of your resources like he was in the movie you know whether it's the internet or Mm. the cheese he's uh he's 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 the one limiting you he's making you draw with your left hand or or whatever it is or or blindfolded i think that would be really good Yeah, Yeah. yeah i like that um, I, I think, yeah, it's like you were saying, I think there's a couple of uh, thematic things that they could have done to make the game a little bit more appealing. I mean, for me, I know that I'm pretty bad at guessing and I, I actually, I enjoy drawing when it comes to that. So whenever, w- one of the big differences, uh, between this game and another one, which would be like Cranium is the team aspect of Cranium. You get to choose people to do, you know, their sort of strengths, um, and, I'm awful at guessing. I, I really do think <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm outplayed almost uh, every time uh, <laughs> because I I always want to stop and just say, I want to let them keep going so that I can get, uh, so <laughs> I can get a little bit more information. Yeah. Here well, it looks like a cow, but where my, are the others? I don't guess. understand. And then, you know, someone else next to me is just going, beaver, giraffe, donkey, and then <laughs> duck, <laughs> and just throwing it out. And then someone goes, yep. And, like, they've gotten, like, three lines because there's no penalty like, right there's no penalty right. in that case for there's no for penalty guessing. to guess and i think that's one of my other main problems with it is that you know games like this if there's no mechanic that's placed into 
prevent spam guessing. I feel like, you know, someone's just really quick at talking and <laughs> is just really lucky they get the uh, they can guess the animal. So that kind of takes some of the uh, enjoyment out of it for me. Uh, so those are a lot of our thoughts. Thomas, did you find any reviews from other people on the internet or have people been buying this game and leaving? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple people who have fired up their old nostalgia <laughs> internal engines and uh, have played Napoleon Dynamite's game. In fact, it's it's gotten a pretty good review on Board Game Geek. The aggregate score is 5.6, right? That's, mm, that's uh, like above average. Mm, yeah. If we're talking that 5 is... What are the what are the individual ratings for the scores again, Garrett? Do you do you remember what those are? Yeah, yeah. So, like, so starting at one, it, it just says would never play this game again. I think once you get to three, you're kind of like, Meh, I guess I could play this game if like everyone's really pulling my leg. At five is a rating that it's telling the community it's mediocre. Some people like it, some people won't. Well, here's one of the reviews. Um, Bloody Jack says, if you play trying to win, then it is no fun. I think that might be why <laughs> we were having <laughs> having a lot of issues gaming the game. Uh, then he goes on to say, if you try to play within the spirit of the game, then the people who get iconic easy animals to draw will have only a little bit of fun because their animals are guessed immediately, but at least they win. The people who get uncommon or difficult animals lose and have even less fun. Further, <laughs> unless everyone agrees to play the same way, then what fun there is is drained out and resentment creeps in. <laughs> So it sounds like his night was pretty much ruined by this game. <laughs> you say um, there's no way to have fun with this, no matter what you yeah. do. You can't have fun anyway. <laughs> On the other side of that scale, there's another person who says it's a pretty fun party game, although it gets boring pretty quickly, but thankfully it's over relatively fast. So it it's it's hard to hate a game that only takes like 20 minutes to play. Yeah, it's kind of a warm-up game. I can't, mm-hmm. call, I can't call it a party game when you're limited to four players. I'm sorry, but... It, that's a good point yeah yeah i can't that's do a really that. good point yeah. and i agree with that and i think one other review that i really captured it for me the first you know five words or whatever it says so dumb but really fun maybe a little less on the really fun part um <laughs> so dumb but really fun it's uh animal combined pictionary some are easy some are crazy hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> there yeah, it is that's it. That it that's it that's it's in a, that's it in a nutshell so how much did you pay for this thing jeff I paid uh got this at half price book sponsor us um i paid 749 for this Art of the deal. You think Fox? You think That's... Fox will sponsor us because they need another reboot of the Napoleon Dynamite brand? Yeah, but they might sponsor us a little late, maybe a couple years later. <laughs> a big couple years. We'll yeah. save this episode. So you paid you paid over seven dollars for this thing. I did. Unfortunately, what's funny is you were complaining about the quality of the box. You do not like that. <laughs> mm. The boxes. I would have picked that up, felt that box, put it right back down. <laughs> the bo- it's like, ooh, not a good box. The box is uh, incredibly thin. It's like, um, you know those cheap boxes you get when you buy, like, and you get a Christmas gift from Macy's or something in clothing boxes, and then they kind of give you a free box that you can mm-hmm. kind of put together? <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what this feels like, and uh, it's not that great. Um, the box itself is pretty terrible. Inside, there's not many components, so I can't really complain about the board and the pieces. Um, I'll talk about more about in the um, unboxing video. You know what's amazing? This is being sold by Pressman on Amazon for fifty dollars and eighty. Oh my goodness! Fifty dollars? I shouldn't have opened this. Oh no! <laughs> we should have just resold right? it. I don't know uh, if you open up the details on it. the The product description is a picture game that requires your teammate to make out what the animal is that you are drawing, and they're selling that for fifty dollars. They don't even include a pencil. <laughs> That is the best deal that they have for the game. And it's by the actual manufacturer. It's by Pressman. And I have honey 
installed on my toolbar. So <laughs> there's no discounts for this thing. You're paying $50 if you're going to play this thing. So I guess you got a good deal, Jeff. But at the end of the day, you're still a loser. <laughs> you still got a Macy's box. You still with with a couple. If you're of paying for crap, Napoleon right? Dynamite. If you're paying for crap, you'd rather pay cheap. All right, so Garrett, what are you gonna what are you gonna give this game? Do you agree with Board Game Geek that this deserves a five point six? No, I think this is really high, and I'm a little surprised by how high it is on Board Game Geek. I'm not really sure. It, it does have a relatively low number of ratings, so maybe it's you know not not weighted very well. But I think I, I'm not gonna come anywhere close to this. This is gonna be one of the bottom tier games, I think, for me, and I'm putting it at like a two i want to say you know right around there with nfl rush zone better than brewopoly better than are you smarter than a fifth grader but it's it's not much better than anything else so right. a two for me wow pretty steep mm-hmm. jeff what do you say yeah i it's just it's like a pictionary skin but like if they had made it a party it's really that's the only part that was mildly enjoyable was the actual drawing and guessing the i could care less about the board um, I think if they threw this into drawful, like as a variant for drawful, where you like get two random nouns and mash them to, like a mashup, that'd mm-hmm. be kind of fun. Um, because the guessing mechanic is still there. Uh, I think um I'll probably give it like a um, like a three. That puts me yeah. right. That puts me right at Brewopoly. A three. Um, and below pretty much every other game. <laughs> that I've uh, reviewed. I think I think you're being a little too generous. I'm going to go closer to Gare here. I'm going to say this thing gets a two. I hated this game. If I want to play Pictionary, I'll play Pictionary. Not only is this just a, a you know a repackaging of Pictionary, mm-hmm. it's a limited version of Pictionary. Mm-hmm. You're only drawing animals. Like yeah. I, I, yeah. I could be drawing anything. I could be drawing ideas or concepts. I can. I'm I'm creative enough to make that stuff funny. But this game, you're <laughs> only limited to animals. I cannot see any situation where you would say hey let me pull this off my gaming shelf (laughs) as opposed to one of the many other drawing based games out there that is just far superior and has way better prompts for you to draw this game is only targeting the individuals that are fanatics of napoleon dynamite and even then it was produced I think. Yeah, and even then it falls short because they're not. It's not even giving them a, a unique theming experience. It's just a. It's just a grab bag of bullshit that they sucked out of the movie and spat back out on the board game. So, suck it. You're <laughs> getting a low grade from me. End of story. We are much more critical than the board game geek community. That brings the RDG boy average to two point three three. A full yeah. three point two seven points below the board game geek average which is by far the biggest discrepancy we've had uh, for any board game. Yeah, so we fun. are, yeah, we are, we're not devo- on board. That's where it belongs. Yeah. That's where it belongs. I don't know who in their right mind is giving this game. Uh, there was a couple of tens. Especially- a, po- a couple of people gave this tens. Yeah, he lives in Illinois, crim dog. I'm looking at you. <laughs> What's crazy Especially is- in the board game geek community. Like you kind of expect that on Amazon or eBay where, where it, it's less <laughs> of a gamer group. But the, the board game geek community... You wouldn't expect that. Yeah. What's crazy is that two of our um, higher-rated board game geek games that we've um, we've got were NFL Rush Zone and Napoleon Dynamite, and then mm-hmm. we thought that they were much much worse. Like mm-hmm. the the highest ones that BGG thought were good, we thought were terrible. So yeah, it's pretty interesting there. That's an interesting point. Just yeah. contrarians. By the way, guess when Crim Dog wrote that review? Twenty fourteen. Man, it's way after Napoleon Dynamite has come out. Yeah, like I don't know. I I, I don't want to be around this person. I feel like he... <laughs> Crim Dog's not I invited feel... on the rolling move. Sorry, bud. You can't be a guest. I feel like he he would respond 
physically when candidates like try and you know appeal to the to the vote for Pedro memes and they hold up the signs and they mm-hmm. have for, have shirts <laughs> that would sway his his opinion as a voter in the United States of America. <laughs> That's the kind of guy he is. Pretty good, pretty good candidate. He'd be go, wow, you know, I wasn't originally going to vote for this person. I heard their platform. <laughs> no, he's told me. With yeah. that reference in this climate, he's got my and vote. You know, you know what? We need your vote, dear listeners. We need your vote on uh, on iTunes. I guess I can do that a bit early, right? Yeah, yeah go for it, man. Totally segues in. Yeah, a vote for us on iTunes. Five stars, please, because we're we're trying to expand the podcast and get it in front of more people and, and share the fun and, and help the project grow as we and Rough Draft Games continues to, uh, to expand. But if you guys would like to reach out to us, maybe you are a huge fan of Napoleon Dynamite, or perhaps you are are a representative at Fox and would like to sue us for misrepresenting your company and your uh, <laughs> your property on our podcast, you can get at us on Twitter at Rough Draft Games. How else can they get in contact with us, Gare? Or if you're Elvis Costello and you want to discuss the game with us on the, on the podcast, if you want to tell us how you came up with Napoleon Dynamite, or if you have actually coined the term roll and move and we didn't know, send a send a little letter to our uh, legal team at roughdraftgames at gmail.com. Our legal team is Jeff, by the way. <laughs> no legal experience. <laughs> and if you'd like to see one of the crazy, wacky combination of animals that we drew, check it out at our website at roughdraftgames.com. We'll post them along with our podcast. I'm, I'm particularly proud of my Wolverine-mouse combination. <laughs> I thought that was very clever. I can't wait to show off my unicorn cow grasshopper. Its leg looks good. I'll give you everything else. That, that looks pretty solid. Everything else is uh, kind of... But uh, but until next time, guys, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.